Hi, I'm Sam Sells, and welcome to my podcast, Clean Money. I'm a serial entrepreneur that has led over 2 billion development projects around the world. But the work I am most proud of is the work we do here at Wild Mountain Capital. We not only create great returns for our socially conscious investors, but we make an impact in the many communities we work in and we change lives. I like to say investing matters, and my show is to talk with everyday folks that are not only creating great success, but making an impact in society and improving the lives of others. That is my mission, and I wanna share my stories and others with you. Welcome to Clean Money. Thank you everyone again for joining us today for another great episode of Clean Money, where we talk about making a difference in the world through our investments of time and resources. My guest today is the business healer, Nolly Williams himself. If you're unfamiliar with Nolly, he's got so much content out there that is just amazing. Um, and one of the reasons why I, Nolly, I, I find you so amazing is that you're when you're up teaching and instructing people, you're not up there giving them a whole bunch of baloney. You're not yelling at them and let's do this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you motivate people, but it's like all the falseness is gone. You're just so sincere and you're real. And uh, so I've been, I know uh, we tried this a while back. It didn't work out. Um, and so I've really been looking forward to talking to you. And when I saw you on my calendar, I was like, yes, all right, we're doing it. So for love those it. of you who love don't it. know who, Nolly Williams is. He is the business healer. He runs three separate and distinct six-figure businesses while working just three hours a day, ever elusive uh, time. And he teaches thousands of entrepreneurs and business leaders how to duplicate that success. Nolly is a best-selling author, an international speaker, and a thought leader who has built multiple six and seven-figure businesses from scratch you built a seven-figure record label and in your 20s and your 30s became one of America's top real estate brokers, selling more than a thousand homes as a solo agent during your first 10 years in real estate. That's impressive. Um, today, Nolly inspires tens of thousands through his YouTube channel, coaching club, and three-hour workday boot camp. Thank you for joining us, Nolly. <laughs> I'm excited. Samuel Sales in the house. I, we, this is a long time coming, man. We tried to man. do this before and uh, my old Puerto Rican uh, internet wouldn't wouldn't let it happen. But here we are. I appreciate you being patient with me. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, just, you know, I want you to know that uh, very sincere about that. Just the way you teach, I, I really enjoy just the way you teach and that that speaks to my heart and my soul. Um, I don't like being yelled at. I don't, I've been in the military. I'm tired of all that stuff, right? I don't need false motivation, <laughs> you know? Right. You, yeah. I appreciate that, Samuel. That, that means a lot to me. You know, I, I, um, it's taken a while for me to become authentic. Um, it didn't always start out that way. I think, um, I started out trying different things and different styles uh, early on in, in my speaking career and teaching and training. But what, what I've always come back to is that at the end of the day, I just love to teach, train and coach. I just love doing it. And um, I didn't realize you can make money doing it, to be honest. Um, and so I, you know, so it, it's just something I've always done, even as I've launched businesses. Um, I've just loved that aspect of helping somebody see the, seeing the light bulb go off. And then seeing them, you know, move on to success, which, you know, you and I know that very few do, 
Right. Um, but, but I learned to not be emotionally attached to the outcome and, um, not really to be attached to the results that they get. As long as I'm doing my job and sharing everything that I know, then that's, that's, that's what I, you know, my job. So, but I do appreciate that. I, I, um, I'm very, uh, purposeful about being authentic. Yeah. I, I like that. I think that, um, becoming authentic, uh, is really, to me, it's about two things. One, it's trusting yourself, like getting over that imposter syndrome that we all go right. through. Like, right. yeah, I know I made some money or I did this thing, but you know, can I really talk about that? So to, you know, the, the fear of being yourself and being ridiculed or scorned or so forth. And then the the second, it's just a, you know, to me is um, teaching from the heart, right? And being able to um, understand that people won't always take what you accept or, or what you provide, but um, all you can do is all you can do. Uh, That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I appreciate your podcast, man. You're getting the truth out there, the information. And obviously it's up to those of us who listen you know, what we, what we actually do with it, but kudos, man. Good job. Hey, it's, it's tough. I, you know, I, I look at the marketplace and, uh, and then with my own experiences, you know, having people say, well, that's not true. That's not really happening. I'm like, no, it's really happening. It's just not in the news because Trump changed his toothbrush and now everybody wants to know what his new toothbrush is and, mm -hmm. you know, or something, whatever the sideshow yep. is. And that's way sure. more. Absolutely you know, polarized, entertaining, entertaining. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. this stuff's not entertaining. This stuff is, is real. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I just wanted to, so you brought up something that made me think a little bit. So when you teach, you know, you said you, you had to let go of being responsible for their results. So I'll just tell you a quick experience. So I've, I've been coaching and helping people for a long time. Um, and I think, you know, a year ago when I really started kind of more formalizing my coaching and, and so forth, still doing it for absolute free because I didn't know you can make money doing this. Um, but I saw a lot of people take advantage of that and then not do anything with it because they didn't pay any for it. Um, but I did another one where a guy paid for it um, in the form of taking on a deal and then I coached him how to do it um, and everything. And then, you know, monthly calls and so forth. And then uh, last week we went through the numbers and we realized that he made $700,000 last year. Wow. And wow. Incredible. So happy for him. Incredible. Just, yeah. Buddy, you did it. Right. And, and I know you've had <laughs> similar experiences, right? Like the folks who yeah. actually pay for it, the more they pay, the more they're likely to actually do the stuff. And if they do, the yeah. changes their lives. Right. Sure, sure. You know, like Russell Brunson says, you know, when people don't pay, they don't pay attention. Yeah. And um, it's it is true. It's it's sad, but true. Um, however, I do. I do also believe that those that will do the work will do the work. You know, mm -hmm. um, I've I've gotten so much, um, quote unquote, free training, advice, mentorship. Um, and even w when you think about a book, for example, you know, I've written several and a, you, you might as well say a book is free because if you just think about it, you go pay 20 bucks for a book. If you were actually to print that book out and pay for, I mean, at the end of the day, it's negligible. Um, the cost compared to what you actually, the knowledge that you're actually getting from the book itself. Um, and so 
at I, you know, I believe that those that will do the work will do the work free or otherwise, but there is something to um, that additional layer of accountability that happens when you actually pay money out, because now you're, you're looking to yourself and saying, wait a minute, Buster, you know, I just spent a thousand dollars or for example, I, I, in, in a week and a half, I'm going to Michael Burnoff's um, uh, event uh-huh. and um, it's, it, it was it was uh, over over seven thousand to attend, mm-hmm. and it's three days a three day event. Now, if it was free, <laughs> there there's there's probably not the level of commitment that I would put into it. Just just knowing myself, um, that now that I know, okay, I spent seven grand. I got to go here, and I got to I got to I'm I'm in. Like as soon as I walk through the door. I'm like, what's up? Hey, hey, I, you know, I'm raising my hand without the question being asked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm fully going to participate because I want to get my money's worth. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's absolutely. like going to a buffet, you know, yeah. the buffet's free. Ah, you just grab, but then you, you know, you pay for it. You're like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my money's worth here. You know, yeah. that might be a bad thing actually. <laughs> it might be, especially for me. Got to go back to Ross and get some more shirts because I can't fit into them. You know, like those yeah. little, Little elves in the closet keep shrinking my clothes. Exactly. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me, I mean, how did you come up with the idea of the business healer? You had done a bunch of businesses, um, some very successful. I'm sure you had some very big trials in that process. Um, but but why the business healer? Where did that come from? That actually came from when I was 10 years old. So when I was 10, I... Um, I started going to church. My mom would drag us to church. I didn't want to go, but she would drag us to church. And I started being, um, I felt like I, or I, I noticed that I had a spiritual side to me that was, it was interesting because, um, and I've, I've actually not talked about this much, but it was interesting um, because I wasn't, it wasn't purposeful. Like I wasn't purposefully trying to be spiritual, but when I'd go to church, I would feel something. There'd be a warmth. There'd be a, chills that'd be and and every time the preacher would you know who needs jesus man i go running down the aisle here i'm 10 years old so my mom would grab me like boy get in your you know you don't know what because she in her mind i didn't know what i was doing and and i didn't fully but there was just a a compulsion towards spirituality and so um i remember one day when we got we came home from church and i was um I was, it was very interesting. And I actually never talked about this, but it was, uh, I had learned about the devil and, you know, different things like that. And so I'm, I'm there trying to have a conversation with, with the devil and trying to convince him to, to come to God, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm 10 years old. So I'm yeah, like, hey, missionary you know, already. That's, that's Yeah. I'm like, this is better. Let me tell you why it's good. You know, and I'm wrestling, man. I'm, I'm, I've got a sheet pulled over my head and I'm going at it, you know, uh, given all the arguments I can as a 10 year old boy. And I remember as I was, I had my Bible and I was reading and, and I came across the story of Moses and I was compelled to that story. And I started reading about how Moses was sent to let his children let the people go, God's children go. Mm-hmm. And the more I read it, I said, you know, it, it started, I started identifying that that's me. I've been sent to this planet to, you know, help redeem people. Um, and I really never, I, to be honest with you, I ran away from that vision for many years. I mean, all through my teens, I was, you know, I was out there sl- selling drugs. I mean, I was out there, bro, 
if, as far out as you can get, that's where I was because I didn't want anything to do with spirituality. And yeah. I felt like it was just bothering, like, leave me alone, go pick on somebody else. And so as the years went by, you know, I started businesses, I'm very successful, made my first million when I was 29 years old, I actually made $2 million that year. Wow. Um, I was making 150,000 a month as a t- in my twenties, you know, late twenties. And then, uh, that business crashed and burned and I, I had to reinvent myself, got into real estate, did very well in real estate. And, uh, but what I've always noticed is that I love to help people in their businesses. You know, I like, I like to learn something and I like to teach it, learn it, teach it. And it got, it got to the point when I was at, um, when I started with Remax, uh, and I was, became one of the top five Remax agents in, in the world. I mean, not in the world, in, in, in Texas, not in the world, Texas. And then I was the oh, number one thing, solo. Right? Same thing. Yeah. Hey, Texas <laughs> is the world for us, baby. That's what's up. But, uh, but then, then I became the, uh, the number one, uh, solo agent in Austin, Texas out of 9,800 agents that year, Austin business wow. journal did their report and my production. I did 96 transactions through MLS, did several off MLS. So I did over a hundred deals as a solo agent, no other agents on my team, just me. Uh, but I did have incredible admin. So I, all my systems and processes, you know, were tight. And, um, and, and I kept, I would be on the phone for hours with all these agents that were calling me because they would, they would see my accolades and things and they say, hey, man, how are you doing this? How you? And I'd be on the phone with hours and my wife would come in. It's like, I was almost like I was cheating. Like I had to be whispering and stuff because <laughs> she come in like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm just, this agent needs help. And you need to go sell some houses. Are they paying you? I'm like, no, no. but you know, this guy, and, and it was every day, man, I'd be on the phone yeah. helping people. Boom. I'm helping them, helping them, helping them. And, um, when I, when I met with Gary Keller, uh, he, he invited me to meet with him privately. Um, he recruited me to Keller Williams and, um, he, what got me was, he said, you know, you could actually make money for coaching. I said, tell me more about that. He said, yeah, you could, if you were here, we would have you teaching, training and coaching and you get paid to do it paid. Like yeah. people actually pay. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because I, I did have a coach. I paid a thousand dollars a month for my coach eight months into the business. So I knew that there was a thing as paid coaching. I didn't, I didn't see what I was doing as that, you know what I mean? Like I was just helping people like when they need help. So um, anyway, lo and behold, as I, as I started working with um, two market media yeah. um, and great folks over there, yeah, uh, they started looking at my process and everything that I do. And the whole, the whole um, purpose, uh, you know, like me being sort of a Moses going into businesses and saying, Hey, here's what you, here's what you're doing. Great. Here's what you can improve. And then given that blueprint, um, it's like, man, that, you know, that's how the business healer was born as a name. It's kind of the, what I've always done, but yeah. now we have a name for it. <laughs> so oh, Hank great. Norman and his genius, you know, he said, man, you're the business. He, or maybe it was Steve. Yeah. I think it, uh, Hank saw the healer side of what I was doing for businesses because I'm real big into also uh, the four bodies, the, you know, the spiritual body, physical body, a uh, mental body and emotional body. And I'm big into the subconscious and, and, and uh, conscious mind. And um, in the quantum field, I do a lot of, most of my teaching comes out of quantum physics um, in that, in that realm. So, so it's like combining all of that with, um, with your business. And it's basically the business healer, is a culmination of all that. Because here's what I believe, Samuel. I believe with all my heart 
that we can't separate our business from who we are. You know, it's just an extension of, of, of us. And a lot of people do try to compartmentalize. It doesn't really work in the real world. In their mind, it might work. But in reality, we it's all encompassing. And so um, I believe that many businesses out there, just like individuals, need a healing um, mm-hmm. and could use a healing. Uh, and, and, and here's, here's how I say it. If you can't step away from your business, like I did, I just, I just was gone for three weeks, 21 days, exactly. Just got back. You can't step away from your business and it still continue to run by itself without you. Then your business needs a healing because that the, the purpose of a business is to serve the owner, you know, and if, 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 if your business serves you, then you got a business, but if it's the other round way around, you know, you don't own a business, the business owns you. And so a, a healing process can can occur where you can go to where you you actually now own a business again, you know, if you ever did in the first place um, and and you operated as such. So so that's that's sort of the culmination of the business healer. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I, you know, I love. Probably more than you wanted to know. <laughs> oh no, I I love this. Uh, you know, the the more and more uh, I get into entrepreneurship, so I helped. Uh, I try to start my own business um, multiple times and failed for just different reasons, either the wrong business partner or a fantastic business partner. One time we 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 won like you know national business plan competitions and other stuff, but. In the end, what the, the what we were bringing to market uh, wasn't as ready to go as the uh, you know the the PhD scientist was uh, making us believe it was. So once it got into the hands of uh, Columbia Sports and others, they tested it and tested it, and they're like, "No, this is yeah, it works sometimes, but it's not repeatable um, mm. in a scalable way." And so that just like took our, you know, highly valued business and brought it down to zero really quick. Wow. It's like, yeah. wow, well, I guess we're doing something else now. Um, but the, you know, in the the end, I mean, why our business has been successful at times and not been successful at times is because, you know, our focus and, um, you know, the market always gets a say, right? Sure. Uh, if you're producing widgets that nobody wants to buy, then either the widget's wrong or your communication about the widget's wrong. And maybe both, right? Yeah. People will buy a lot of stuff that they don't like, want, or use. They just get convinced to buy it because of the communication. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So or they buy stuff that they should be using, but they don't use it because they don't they don't really correlate why it's important to implement that into into their business or life, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember reading um, a story that this woman uh, put out. She had lost a, a lot of weight, but she'd gone through numerous diet plans and coaches and everything else. And she said, I just decided one day that I am no longer that person. Mm. And uh, and because I'm no longer that person, I no longer eat that food. Mm. Uh, and when yeah. she she made that mental shift, like I no longer yeah. do that, then that's what it was. And so for me, it when I started becoming successful was I am no longer this person. I am now, um, a CEO. I am now, absolutely. A, you know, uh, you know, commercial property person. This is what I do. 
yeah. now, you know. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Good so, stuff, man. Yeah. I, um, been very happy about your success. So tell me a little bit about your three hours a day, uh, your new book and your philosophy. Why, where did that come from? And, um, how's that going? How are you, how are you able to do that? Yeah, it's interesting because this is a lifestyle I've, I've lived for about the last seven years. You know, when I first got in, I became an entrepreneur at age 12, you know, just like many entrepreneurs, you know, and many of you listening right now, you can identify maybe you were 10, 11, 12 years old when you first started selling something and it got into your blood that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going <laughs> to I'm, I'm making money. I'm turning money. Yeah. And so I started, man, I would sell anything and everything in school. I sold newspapers door to door. I sold candy in school, sold some things I probably shouldn't have sold. Yeah, I, I can say I shouldn't have sold them. Um, and then, you know, but the entrepreneurial bug, I, I've been, I have not had a W-2. Uh, let's see, 90, 93 was the last time that I uh, punched a time clock, at, you know, outside of, you know, working for me. And so that's 30 years, you know, over 30 years. And so um, when I first started, I believe the lie that we've been sold, um, and this this goes back way back, you know, a lot of us know that the entire world, we're not talking conspiracy, we're just talking reality, that the entire world is run by a handful of families. Yeah. And in, in, in the reality of it is, is that they always saw uh, themselves as elite, and, mm -hmm. and then they saw a working class. Now, when you talk about the middle class, I learned this from Burnoff, it's some research he did, Michael Burnoff, um, is that the middle class, we it actually did not exist for, um, you know, even a couple of hundred years ago, there was no middle mm -hmm. class. I mean, it was always from the dawn of time, either the elites, the haves and the have nots. Yeah. yeah and so what the haves, yeah. yeah, very sharp difference. And so what the haves, the way that they've been able to create that chasm is through belief. You know, it's, it's, it's to keep you, just like you said, the, the lady had an epiphany. It's like, wait a minute, I'm not that person anymore. Well, mm -hmm. what the, what, what they, T-H-E-Y, didn't want us to do was to wake up. And yeah. so there isn't, there is a waking up that's happening. And, but the, but the problem with the middle class though, Samuel, that what we've learned is that it, 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 it sort of was a great invention because it kept those that were the have nots from being too rowdy. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, wait a minute, I'll give you, you can get, you can get to this next status. Just don't try to get any higher, but you get this next middle class. And then that's like, sort of like good enough. Like that's like right. sort of settling. It's like, yeah. you're never going to really be wealthy. You're never going to be rich, but you kind of got everything, you, you know, you're getting by, you know, mm -hmm. you're not drowning. You're now really, you're surviving R middle class is survival. And so, um, so I, I believe early on because I was told that, you know, I was part of the working class and that, that was a class that was created, was, was, uh, uh manufactured, um, by, by the powers that be, because we, we need workers. I mean, obviously somebody has got to work. Right. And yeah. so, so when I became part of the working class, um, I believed like my dad, that the more you worked, the more you got, the harder you work, the more you hustle, the more you grind, the more you get. And all that is, is it's an employee mindset. The employee mindset says, if I work 10 hours, I get paid for 10 hours. If I work 15 hours, I get paid for 15 hours. So, but the, but the CEO, the entrepreneur, the real business person mindset is 
how can, you know, there's three questions I started asking. Number one was, how can I make more without working more? You know, how can I make, first I was, first question I had was, how can I make more money? And the answer, the obvious answer was, man, put in more hours, bro. (laughs) That's, that's the employee uh, mindset. So then I was like, wait a minute, how can I make more without working more? Like, I don't want to work more because I was working 14, 16 hours a day. How much more do you want me to work? Um, And so then the question became, how can I make more money without working? So first it was, how can I make more money? Then it was, how can I make more money without working more? Now it's, how can I make more money while working less or without working at all? And so when you start asking those kind of questions, the answer becomes very obvious. And when you look at the, uh, and this is all science. I mean, so many articles have been written about this. The average person, even an eight hour a day person, you know what the research points to their, their average number of hours of productivity of a, and I talk about it in the book, um, the, the person, a person that's punching a clock working eight hours a day, they have three hours average productivity of that day. You know, it's obvious that when you give someone, and this has been a principle that's been proven over and over again, if you give somebody 10 hours to do a job or five, the same job gets done and it gets done sometimes better when um, there was a study done where they get, and this is so many, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of studies and I've got dozens of them that I accumulated for the book. But when you give, when you, when you gave a, a, a college class, you know, so many hours to do three assignments and you gave the other class less time, okay, or, or actually you got you gave one class so much time to do three assignments, and then you gave the other one uh, time to do two assignments, same amount of time, right? Yeah. And the one that had three assignments actually had less time. They did a better job, and they actually would, is more succinct, and they mm-hmm. they they finished on time, as did the ones that had you know uh, the two assignments. All right, so it took the same amount of time to do. Um, you know, it, it, for, for them to do 30 to 40% less, it took them the same amount of time. It, this is all science. So when you look at your work day, what I've discovered is that there are only a few things, a small number of things that actually move the needle. Now, busyness doesn't mean business, right? Busyness doesn't equals business. There's a, there's a small number of things that all the things that you do that actually move the needle to success in your business. What does that mean? That means that 80 to 90% of the income, the actual needle being moved toward the success goals that you have are actually happening through 10 to 15% of the things you're doing. Um, I, I remember when I, when I uh, looked at, in, when I was in the real estate business full time and I looked at, cause I was a listing guy. I said, man, this is overwhelming. There's a lot of stuff I'm doing every day. I'm going to write down every single thing that I do. And I did. It ended up being 46 activities for listing. The first thing was to generate the lead. Then you go through and you have a bunch of activities, pre-listing and then servicing the listing and all the way. Step number 40 is close the transaction. Then there was six steps that had to happen after closing. So I was like, okay, what do I actually have to do? Like, what do I really have to do? What I did was I, I rated all those tasks on a scale of one to five. One means I hate it. Five means I love it. Okay. So it's, I hate it. I don't like it. I like it. I really like it or I love it. That's the one to five rating. And so I decided I'm only going to do fours and fives. Okay. I've, I've either got to really, really like it or love it, or it doesn't go, it's not on my plate to do. That's how I started with it. So if I don't like, if I hate it, don't like it or like it, even if I like it, I'm not going to do it. 
Okay. I got to either really like it or love it. So that was how it first, that was the first iteration. Then I felt like, man, I'm still doing more than I want to do. Could I possibly scrape my plate even further? And I realized of the 46 tasks, first of all, there was only four or five, depending on your interpretation that required a license. Okay. Of those tasks. So, so then I finally got to the point where I discovered that there were only two activities that I personally had should be doing in order to move the needle 90% of what I was trying. Like if I wanted to make, you know, 800,000 that year, there mm -hmm. was two things that I could do that would probably account for 650 to 700,000 of it, you know, wow. and that was generate leads and go on appointments, generate lead, go on appointment, generate the lead, go on an appointment. The only other thing that actually moved the needle uh, a little bit was negotiating. But I, I learned that I could train somebody to negotiate for me. I didn't have to do that. So that's how I was able to do, uh, you know, over 100 transactions. I mean, I did 153 transactions my last year as a, pro a producing agent. Um, and, and I was still a solo agent, you know. And people yeah. say, man, how are you able to do that? Well, because I only really did two things. And I worked uh, a lot less than, actually, I didn't even work full three hours a day. But I had an admin team that did everything else. So what I teach Samuel is that the things that you should be doing in your business should be what I call income producing activities. Mm -hmm. So they're either creating immediate cash flow, okay? That's called now money. You know, you need money right now as cash flow or future wealth, which is like a, a large stockpile of, you know, a large cash payout or um, like residual income or recurring income or something like that. So those are the only two things that you should be doing. Everything else in your business is an ancillary activity that supports those things, right? So it's just, it, it basically comes down to science and, um, and efficiency. And when you really look at it um, and any business, I can look at any business and, and most entrepreneurs would be like, man, I got, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do that. But when I really look at their business, Samuel, I, I find that 90% of the things that they're doing, they don't actually have to do. And they could delegate it if they knew how. So I, I've been a business leader or I've been a leader for a long time in, in the military. I was, uh, you know, from being an NCO to when I was an officer and just right out the gate, I was a, a flight commander and just was, was always in command in some role for a very long time. And uh, one of the things that I learned is it, it's, it can be, it sounds easy to delegate, but it can be really difficult to delegate because what happens is you're like, hey, do this task. But the person doesn't know what, what in the world you're talking about. They're just going to agree. Okay. You know, because they want to sound amiable um, yeah. and then they're going to produce something that you didn't like, and then you're going to get frustrated and then you're going to do it yourself. And so you didn't delegate it correctly, or it just all stays in your head and you never delegate it. Cause you said, just like you said earlier, I've got to do this myself. And that's not, that's not true. Mm -hmm. So yeah. How do you, so the folks who don't know how to delegate and sometimes that's me, that's sometimes that's all of us, right? <laughs> Cause you're like, that's all of us, man. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a hobo with a ham sandwich. I'm not letting go of this thing. Right. It's <laughs> my sandwich. That's right. Um, so how do you help a new or any person that you're trying to, to teach, how do you help them delegate and figure out, you know, how to delegate? So, so in the, in the book, I talk real extensively about this because pe where people really fall into a trap is, um, and, and I talk to so many, I mean, you and I coach so many entrepreneurs and business leaders. I mean, we know the patterns and what most of them will tell me is, man, um, 
I tried delegating. People suck. They're no good. Right. And and that is probably true. That's not it's not untrue. <laughs> but the reality is when you you know, Michael Gerber kind of brought this up in the e-myth, you know, there are whole industries that can take m- minimum wage workers and actually um, have them running a multimillion dollar enterprise. Okay. But it's all in how you train. Okay. And, and all in how you hire. Um, it, it's so critical, you know, so some, sometimes it's a bad hire that you had um, because a lot of people have had bad experiences hiring. Um, sometimes in, 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 in most cases, it's just that, like you had alluded to, it's not that your people suck. It's that you suck Yeah. <laughs> as a, and not, not, you don't suck as a leader. You don't suck as a businessman. You just suck as a trainer because yeah. you've been doing that for 10, 15 years and you train them for 10 days or 10 minutes. Um, and you expect them to have the aptitude. So the reality is, um, it, what I teach is it really all starts with a, a really good, what we call a team operations Bible, which you don't put together. Okay. You, you're going to have your admin, your first hire is going to be an admin. That's going to be, typically you want to hire the opposite of you. You know, we, we, um, it's interesting that entrepreneurs will, 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 uh, they'll, they'll make a list of all the things they don't want to do anymore. And then they say, man, I'm going to hire somebody just like me. Well, that person's going to hate their job. Because now you're, <laughs> you, know, you, so, so I, I teach a lot of around personality profiles. Mm-hmm. The first thing I teach in the book actually is to hone your superpower. That's a whole nother track of training. So you have to understand and know who you are. You know, we've heard before, Hey, you got to start with why. And I, I love Simon Sinek and I love that concept. And I do believe that why is that as is a foundational, but what becomes before why is who are you? Because if you, if your why is anchored into an identity other than who you truly are, and you don't even know who you are. You've never taken time to really discover your superpower, your genius, um, what we call a zone of genius. Then your why may not even be apt. It might even it might not even connect with who you really are. So you have to know who you are first. That becomes a foundation, and then your why is a natural byproduct. It's it's like it's like saying you know, Samuel, why does a rose bloom? Mm-hmm. You know. Why does a rose bloom? Because it's a rose. <laughs> That's what roses do. So once you know you're a rose, you're like, oh, I'm supposed to bloom. You know, I'm, this is yeah. what I do. Um, and so it's so your why is really a a um, a byproduct of of first of all knowing who you are first and foremost, and then um, this whole idea of letting go and and allowing someone else to, you know, having trust in someone else with your business. You know, you it you have to hire the opposite of you in most cases. Okay, it's not every case, but you do your disc profile, your genius test, your passion test. You know, you do one of the, one or or more. There's four different tests that I love, and then I say at least it, the most the two most critical ones are the genius test, which you can take for free, and the pat and the uh, disc the disc profile. The reason those are important is because they kind of share what your personality profile is, so that you can hire the opposite of who you are. Okay, and then now we've got everything happening in your business, um, and 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 everything that you delegate someone else to is going to love those tasks that you don't like because they're going to be the opposite of you. Uh, so that's first and foremost, you hire right. Then um, what you want to do is train them correctly. It's very very important. You start with a team operations bible, which your admin will put together, and then you train them on the I we they method. Okay, so first it's I do it, it's just like. Um, the example I use in the book is if you if you're 
trained to work at McDonald's on the French fry machine, they don't just put you in there and say, Hey, here's watch a video on how to make fries. Okay. Get duplicate the results. No, the, the trainer will sit with you or the manager will be with you and they'll say, okay, here's how you pour the fries in. Here's where you get the fries from. Here's how you pour them in. This is how much to pour in. This is how the grease has to be at this temperature. This is how you drop them in slowly. And then you got to, you know, what you press this button and then you press that button. When that button beeps, you pull them up and you hang them here and you let them, you shake them out and then you, you, you know, drop them on the pan this way and you salt them not four times, three times. And you got, you know, you, you, for, so first that person's just watching you do everything. Okay. First it's, I do it. Okay. You watch me while I do it. Then it's, we do it together. You know, I pour the fries, you drop the basket, you pull up the basket. I salt it. So now it's, we, we're doing it together. Okay. Then it's, I'm back. I'm laying deep in the cut and I'm watching you do it. (laughs) I want to see you do everything, you know? Oh, now they do it. Okay. That's proper training. And I tell, I tell um, my students all the time, my coaching clients, how would you like me to fly in, you know, to Birmingham, Alabama, and I'll be there for three months and I'm going to personally train your staff. I'll be there for, for 30 days. I'm going to personally train your staff. Do you believe that your business will be able to launch? Oh, yeah, Nolly. You, it, it, oh, man, if you came and did that, that'd be great. I'd love Then they all raise their hand. They want me to do that. Yeah. Well, I guarantee you what would happen, Samuel, is I would fly in. I would get their team. I would get them up speeding. And then I say, you, you're you not even permitted to come back for 30 days. You know, yeah. I don't even want you around because, I, you know, I don't want to spoil the results that I'm getting. Then they'd look around at their operation. They'd say, man, what is going on here? There'd be money in the books. Okay. Everybody'd be humming. It'd be a well-oiled machine because I'm, I always test out as an engineer. That's just how I think, you know, uh, that's my profile. And so, uh, and, and then they'd be looking around like, who's doing all this work? The same duds that you were about to hire the, to fire the one the ones that you said were no good those same suckers they're mm-hmm. running the operation because now they have good leadership now they know what they're supposed to be doing okay so it's not all about just getting all new people sometimes that is a mistake you, you had a bad hire I, I get that that does happen especially if you didn't hire right to begin with okay you didn't just profile them you didn't genius test them you didn't go through all the uncle nolly a system that I teach on how to hire people. You didn't have a good, um, what we call JD. It's super important to have a great job description. Um, and then your, your team operations Bible sucks. So there's certain things that you want to have in place, but the reality is not, it's not always the people. It's the way they're trained and the leadership that they're getting. Okay. That's, that's what could, could use improvement. Um, and many of us just haven't, we, we've, we've learned to be employees, but nobody's taught us how to be a good, you know, employer boss or a good CEO. Yeah. 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 I find that, um, you know, I, the military was great about teaching me how to be a leader for two reasons. One, I had terrible leaders, you know, cause, oh, you're a pilot. So obviously you know how to be in charge of people and then they're terrible. <laughs> it's like now they're used to, you know, pushing buttons and, and sitting in a chair, you know, that's a lot different than <laughs> running an organization. Um, Absolutely. You know, it, or when I was a healthcare executive, you know, I was like, oh, a doctor, you're, you're a leader because you're a doctor. And it's like, I know everything about the body. I don't know anything about the human. Uh, and and so, you know, <laughs> outside of my little <laughs> scope. And so uh, some of those have, have been fantastic because they figured it out and did great and others were just terrible. And so you learn from both sides that direction, but doing it inside of a business 
my own business had has been a huge um challenge and so sure Absolutely. sometimes i'm like I, I you're you are the wrong hire i'm i'm sorry yeah. i did this wrong <laughs> i should not hire you cuz it's not a job for you right yeah yeah um, yeah and, and so and then other times i'm like i think you're the right person i'm just the wrong you know i'm the wrong guy to get you where yeah. we, we need to go um and and a lot of that can if you ha- if you know what you're doing up front a lot of a lot of bad hires can probably 90% of bad hiring can be avoided because from the beginning you actually hire for you'll hire the right person for the job to begin with you know mm-hmm. um and that's super duper critical most people make desperation hires they get so overwhelmed that they're desperate and they'll just take the first person that comes along you know um and that's not the right way to hire people not at all you know, no, that's how um, we did it in the beginning. But now, yeah. like we we just hired a fantastic CPA to join the team. Yeah, uh, she's actually from uh, you know over overseas, but long time experience. Love lots it. of love it. You know, working for the you know Americans and and so forth. Very good English. Yeah. She, she understood yeah. our our idioms. Yeah, uh, that's but, very important. <laughs> that's very important because I'm learning that. I've got uh, three overseas right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, and, and it's like. Okay, so we can communicate and we can joke around because we like to joke around even in the face of like the worst thing that's happening. You're like, yeah, oh my gosh, we're gonna get crushed. All right, let's just go. Um, yeah, but the, you know, that's the, those folks. You know, when they fit you, your team, and they bring yeah. things that you cannot do, um, it's it's great. But it took us numerous interviews before we found her. Yeah. And it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. The other cool thing, Samuel, is that when you hire right, you only have to ever hire one person because from that point on, that person will hire everybody else. Okay. That's a whole different. Now they might not, I mean, if you're looking to replace yourself and things like that, then that might, you have to, might have to step in for that. But when you hire a really, really, really high talent, high quality talent as an admin and you teach them your system, they really can help you at least uh, go through the whole process of hiring everyone else eventually that you need. The last thing, the, the the one other thing I not last thing, but the one other thing I want to bring out because a lot of times people get intimidated by this three hours a day. Um, what I've found, I'm gonna I'm just gonna point out the two big picture priorities. There's only two, okay. And if you, the only two problems that businesses ever have, Samuel. Mm-hmm. And, and this is any business outside of supply chain. Okay. That, that there's issues there that yeah. sometimes we can't control, but if you don't, if you're outside of supply chain issues, your two biggest issues are going to be time and money. Okay. You know, you don't have enough money. You don't have enough time or, or you don't have enough time. You don't have enough money. And if you don't have enough money, you know, the two big picture priorities for you, 90 minutes a day. Okay. is going to be lead generation. Number one for 90 minutes. And it's going to be uh, going closing sales, going on appointments, you know, uh, whatever closing sales is for you, that's what it's going to be, you know. So it's going to be lead generation and appointments with potential prospects, clients. Um, that's that's if you have a money problem. If your business is scaling and you're doing well, but now you you just stuck, you you want to bring up more time for yourself, then the two big picture priorities for you are going to be branding and leadership. Okay, branding in the morning, leadership in the afternoon. And or or however way which way you want to do it. So it's 90 minutes of each. And to give you more of a comfort level, three hours a day is the extreme version of it. But even if you're working six hours a day, eight hours a day, what I teach is that you basically snap 
three hours a day into your schedule so that you're so that you are at least getting the most dollar productive activities or, you know, income producing activities done. You know, it's interesting, Samuel, because I, I, I've, I've coached, you know, I coach uh, people one on one and I was with uh, I won't say their name. I don't want to embarrass them, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking at their week and I'm like, what are y'all doing? So I'm having them document everything they do. I'm like, OK, I noticed you worked 10 hours on Monday. Like you didn't do any lead generation and you didn't have any appointments. So like you did 10 hours of stuff that's not going to, it's going to get you 10%. Like you want to, they want to make a million dollars. So you, that's going to make you a hundred thousand dollars this year where the 900,000 is going to be made from these other two activities, which you did none of on Monday, like not even 10 minutes. Yeah. So what I say is if you want to work 10 hours, I'm not, uncle Nolly's not going to come and rain on your parade. You can work as many hours as you want, but I want to see you working three hours a day on the most income producing activity, which is only going to be two depending on where you are in your business. Yeah. Lead gen appointments or branding yeah. and branding and leadership, you know, yeah. branding and leadership. Nolly, I, this, and yeah. and the thing is branding branding really is another form of lead generation because like branding is like having your podcast being on um you know uh launching your tv show doing your radio show uh you know whatever it is you know your youtube channel your instagram all that stuff is branding you, you have to be purposeful about it okay but like now you're the ambassador of your brand okay it's uh it's you ink right and you become the ambassador and so when you go out that's what you're doing and that's that's high level lead generation and then leadership instead of you doing all the stuff you know you're actually delegate you're actually leading your team you go from being a band leader okay to an orchestra conductor the orchestra conductor man everybody that comes in the orchestra they know what instrument they're supposed to play they know how to play it they know man, they're professionals, bro. And all you have to do is be up there, you know, move. Okay. Hey, you come in right now. Da, 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 da. Yeah. You know, you're, you're the, or now the band leader, if you've been a band leader, that's, that's not so easy. You got to book the gigs. You got to go, you know, you have to figure out where you're going to sleep. You know, you got to get, make sure the van has gas, you know, all that stuff you got to do as a band leader sure. uh, and the band, you know, they're, they're not doing anything but sleeping and getting up to play. Right. They are or, yeah. or goofing off. But yeah. when you become an orchestra conductor, that's that's next level. So, yeah. Anyway, I love it, man. Good stuff, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah, I love it, too. I think you've just given us a, a very valuable coaching session. And and I encourage anyone who's li sat and listened to Nolly as I have. And look, I'm going to go back and, and listen to this again because you just you let you laid out such incredibly good nuggets. Um even for myself, who've, you know, I've, I used to start out with people like, what's your why? And now I start out with people like, who are you? Where are you going? Yeah. What, I mean, what's yeah. the end? Like the number one spot is wh where do you want to end? Right? right. I mean, who what's are you? And, and, yeah. yeah. And then we'll, we'll, you know, align the why and, and all that to the, to the specific path of how you get there. But yeah. let's back up to like, yeah. just. I know your name. That's super, super <laughs> important. I used to watch the Justice League. I'm aging myself. Uh, now they have the Avengers. But the Justice League, man, you had Batman, Wonder Woman. Yeah. You had Superman. I mean, they were 
they were man forget about it when they teamed up together <laughs> you're done but see yeah. wonder woman didn't try to act like superman superman didn't try like like if you're the incredible hulk if i need somebody to come in for a stealthy mission i might get like ant-man or somebody like that i'm not going to get the incredible hulk he yeah. all he knows how to do is smash stuff you know yeah. <laughs> you know you bring, hey, a... be quiet be quiet hulk no no he don't know no, no, no. he's he's a navy seal so they go in and break stuff <laughs> it, make they a go big in scene and... about it and it's gonna be on the news no yeah, you want be on stealthy? The That's those are not the guys you hire. Right? <laughs> and the thing is, once you know who you are, you don't have to judge it. Like, oh man, I'm the Incredible Hulk. Crap! Don't worry about it. Now we just get partner with somebody that's stealthy, and then you mm -hmm. come out and do your thing when you need to. <laughs> right. <laughs> but let them do with, with their thing, you know. And so, so that's that's how you have to look at it. And um, I used to start with what you know. I used to believe it was all about the why too. But what what happened in my coaching was. I'd say people would say, man, my grandkids are my why. And we'd be coaching for like six months and they're not hitting their numbers. I'm like, well, I guess that why isn't big enough, is it? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but yeah. there's something's not, you know, you have a block here. And once they, once people figure out who they are and they start, you know, just sort of rising into their zone of genius, then the why is just natural. It's like, you know, yeah. Uh, it, so yeah, I appreciate that observation. Yeah, it's it's um, these things come from experiences. That's why you're the business healer now is because you've been broken yourself and had to fix it. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, you know, I hear see these comments on uh, Instagram and socials, which you should never read that those comments anyways, a lot of times, because, yeah, the first thing a lot of people do is like fire them, burn the witch, you know, kind of yeah, thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then they, you know, oh, I would never do that. And like, but you just did it all over Instagram. So yeah, you're the person in the <laughs> in the ground, like, yeah, burner, yeah. burner, you know, and, and it's like, yeah. okay, let's let's back up a little bit and let's try and understand what's going on. And oh, they did this. I I've done the same thing before and I understand why sure. I did that. Absolutely. Uh, but you know, yeah. hiring a coach or getting with somebody who can help mentor you will save you on that humiliation and that experience. And other folks, maybe they just haven't been into it yet or they're hiding it which is awesome yeah common. yeah yeah very common and and you know that's the reason i wrote the book three hours a day i want people to not just have fluff but have a uh, a blueprint it's it's a seven step uh blueprint uh, yeah. uh roadmap for going from understanding your superpower and then we go we evaluate your business and then we sh you know sh show you how to balance your business um, and then we show you how to delegate your business and so on. It goes all the way through. Um, and it's it's easier than most people think. Um, it just requires you to think differently and realize that most of what you've been taught about running a successful business, maybe not most, but a lot of it has been a lie because it still comes from the employee paradigm, the employee mindset of trading time for dollars. And that's not what we're talking about at all. Right. The, the system is rigged. It's if you want to say it that way, yes, yeah. we are ran. I mean, the education system is geared and designed to teach us how to be employees. It's not designed Absolutely. for economic success. It's not designed for, uh, really, uh, any type of other success other than to be a really good employee. That's it. Yeah. 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 That is, and that's okay. That's okay. If that's who you are, if you're an employee, that's fine. We need worker ants. 
God yeah, knows I need, I need a few, yeah. but, but if you are an entrepreneur, you know, you already know, we don't even have to tell you who you're like, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not that I'm this person. We're yeah. misfits. That's what we are. Mm-hmm. And if you know, you identify like, man, I'm an entrepreneur. Then you, you've already done the research. You know, that 99% of all businesses in, the, in, in North America are small bit. They're run by small business owners. Mm-hmm. And so obviously we have to have workers, but we're talking to you. If you're an entrepreneur, this book is for you, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, so, so yeah, it's, it, it, I can understand education being written that way because it's, you know, obviously the people that created the educational system needed more workers too, you know, mm-hmm. for their yeah. industries that they, that they run. And so, um, but when you start letting those beliefs permeate what you do as an entrepreneur CEO, that's when there's a problem. It's like, wait a minute, that you you got the wrong textbook, buddy. We're we're talking about something different here. Yeah, and I, I I love that. And, and you know, thank you for pointing out that we do need um worker bees. And there and there's plenty of folks that that's just what they want to be. And my father-in-law, sure. you know, 30, 27 years in the Air Force, retired as a chief, then spent another 20 something years as a as a civilian um government employee like that's what he wanted that's what he's always yeah. wanted he loves yeah. that i need a clear set of guidelines i'm going to follow those guidelines and if anyone does not follow those guidelines i'm going to get them <laughs> you know? and yeah like, and they okay. have no desire to be entrepreneurs it's like okay, no well, desire at all <laughs> no desire to invest yeah. no desire to i mean just like nope i got my secure I, thing i still believe you know uh employees can actually be a lot more efficient um using the three hours a day model um, they could be a lot of more efficient at what they do. Um, unfortunately, they're just not incentivized to do. I mean, most employees could do what they do, um, you know, outside of maybe factory workers and there's a few others, uh, but they could actually do what they do in three hours versus the eight that they spend. You know, if we really looked at the efficiency, by the way, the home, the homo sapiens brain is incapable of being super efficient for more than 90 minute increments. So what we, what I say is, you know, you work your 90 minutes, you take a break and then you put in another 90, um, man, you can get so much done when you know, when you show up to your day, this is me, uh, you know, eventually when you get to where you're just working three hours a day, whether that takes nine months, a year, whatever it takes, or you may never want to get there. But if you do, um, it's basically when you show up to your day, you're like, I got three hours today. And by the virtue of the fact of how much time you have, you you just cut stuff out. Like, nope, we ain't making that call. I remember back when when I didn't have enough money to pay my bills. I don't know if you've ever been there, but okay. I have. Uh, I had more bills than money. I mean, yeah. probably you haven't been there before, but I have. And I remember my wife used to pay all the bills and I would tell her, I say, hey, don't pay this one. We'll pay that one in a week. Uh, yeah, pay these two. Uh, no, nah, that one can wait. We'll pay that in the month. That one, we can wait for like two months. These three, we got to pay. I mean, we would go through like that. And finally, my wife said, I'm done. You know, you, I, if I, when I have bills, I pay them. I'm like, but we don't have enough, you know, you can't. So, so she, she, she really couldn't get that concept. And so I took over the bill payment for, I've been doing it ever since, you know, uh, but we've been working together for 30 years, uh, working well together, but in that one area. So the thing is, when you know you have this much time, the cool thing is, you know, you basically get it done in that amount of time. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fantastic. I I love that. I've learned in my days that I need to about every hour and a half I need to step up. I walk outside. I can take a phone call. I can do something like that. That is not um, 
production oriented, but it might be a relationship oriented where I'm just listening or something like that. But um, understanding that has helped me become far more productive. And then when I come back and sit down, it's game time and it's, it's, it's work, work production, um, whatever that be. Now that we, we've talked for a long while, um, I know a lot of our folks will want to reach out and find out more about, you know, your books and um, everything that you do. Um, where can our uh, listeners find you? So uh, the easiest place to find me is uh, on my website. You can find all my links to Instagram and everything. It's nolly.com, K-N-O-L-L-Y.com, nolly.com. I do recommend you get your hands on the book, Three Hours a Day. Uh, you can go to three hours, the number three, three hours a day.com and uh, pick, you know, get, get that, uh, pick that book up. And it really is the blueprint. It's A to Z. Um, it leaves nothing out. Appreciate it. Wonderful. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's been fun, man. The time yeah. flies, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's been fun. I'm Thank so, you. so glad you, we were able to get you back on the show and uh, that we had this time. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to get the book uh, because I'm interested in making sure that I am more productive in my life and absolutely more focused. And I know that'll make absolutely. my life happy for sure. So yeah, we'll make sure uh, your links into your bio and to your website are in our show notes. Uh, thank you. You've had such an impact on me. You've had such an impact on so many other people. And uh, I love that business healer. Um, clean money is what we're all about. It's figuring out how to have an impact in other people's lives. I love that you also are very open about your religion or that the that spirituality plays a role in our lives and that we should not separate who we are from how we do business. Absolutely. Um, I'm a big believer in that. I don't yeah. uh, go out and... Uh, proclaim my religion on my shoulder or my sleeve, I guess to say, but it yeah. is a intricate part of who I am and guides Absolutely. How I do business for sure. Love it. Thank you again for being on the show. Any last words? Well, I just, uh, you know, believe in yourself, you know, you can do this. A lot of times we feel like, Hey, we're, I'm inadequate. Uh, but I just want to encourage you that, I mean, myself, you know, I, I come from an abusive uh, in, in terms of, I was abused as a kid, you know, I was beaten with extension cords and, mm. and, um, I had an angry mother, you know? Um, and so I, I survived that. I, uh, when I was seven years old, I was in speech therapy. Nobody can understand, could understand what I was saying. And so every time I get on stage, it's like, boy, you know, you, that kid that was going through speech therapy, How, who, what makes you think you deserve this? So there's always that voice there, but right. you, but I want to encourage you to just transcend that, move past it, push through it and become who you are and bring the world what you have. So I, I appreciate Samuel, you uh, allowing me to have a voice here as well. Bless you, brother. Thank you. And, and, and bless you too. I'm so glad uh, you overcame that massive obstacle in your life. Yeah, no uh, doubt. And inspire others to do so as well. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. All right, brother. Take care. All right, Nelly. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Clean Money, where we talk about sustainable investing that improves society. We are passionate about creating great investment returns to investors who want to use their money to make a positive social impact in the world. If you enjoyed the episode, 
We'd appreciate a five-star review. And if you are interested in making your investing matter, please connect with us at wildmountaincapital.com. Or you can find me, Samuel Sells, on LinkedIn, on Twitter at Sells underscore Samuel, on Instagram at Clean Money Sam, or on Facebook. And finally, make your investing matter.